Guys, I really don't have a lot to say today. It's going to go by quick. I mean, I'll still, it'll still be long. Like, it's not going to be shorter. <laughs> I just don't have a lot to say. <laughs> I have one very, very important thing to say. I, I am, I've been more excited about this series uh, than I have in one in a long time. It's been a powerful thing in my life, uh, this idea of being established. And I know that over the coming weeks, there's going to be a lot of powerful stuff that can really, really add value to your life, maybe even change it uh, dramatically. But all of that stuff that's coming after this, none of that's going to matter if, if we don't get what we're going to talk about today. Uh, I just want just one conversation today and one point. Um, but before we get there, I, just, I, w- I want you to understand something about you that you want. You don't know that you want it. You don't realize that you want it, maybe. Uh, but I promise you, you want to have moments like this throughout your life like David had. You want to get to the end of every season. I promise you. You want to get to the end of every season. And you want to look back and you want to know without doubt. You want to know in the deepest sense. You want to realize. You want to look back and you want to know that it was the Lord God of the universe that established you right where you are. You want that at the end of every season. You want that at the end of your life. You want to look back and you want to be able to say and you want to know and you want to be able to without doubt go, the Lord has established me. The Lord has built this up. The Lord has brought the foundation, uh, the firmness. He's strengthened it. He's built it. Uh, he, he, he's, and he's placed me here, that the Lord has established me here. Now, I, I want you to understand the sense of, of, of being established. It, it means that, that the Lord has, has taken you from wherever it was that you were, and he's placed you exactly where it is that you need to be. And he's brought you that way and he's established you there, that that is who you are. And, and this is not just in, in a singular thought process. This is in every area of our lives. Uh, we want to be established as husbands. We want to be established as wives. We want to be established as mothers and fathers. We want to be established as business owners. We want to be established as employees. We want to be established as ministry leaders. We want to be established as parking team people. We want to be established. Th- this is not just your career, not just your job, not just your overall purpose. This is the sense of every single area, even your hobbies, even the stupid stuff that we waste all of our time and money on. We want every area of our lives. I promise you, this is what we want. We want to get to the end of a season, end of a life in every single area and know that it is the Lord, the creator of the universe that has established us in that place. That's what we want in life. That's what we want. I promise you. Ultimately, David realized three things. He realized that, David, uh, that God established him. He realized that God exalted him or lifted him up. And he realized that God did it all for the sake of the people. Uh, and those are different messages uh, for different days coming up in the next few weeks. But this was not something that, that he just didn't have like an epiphany. And, and all of a sudden, he realized all these things. Uh, this was something that he realized over time. And I think in this moment, this specific moment, he realized the the totality of these three things combined, the establishment, the exaltation, and all for the sake of God's people. Uh, But this was not at the end of his life. That's what's so important about this. As we start the conversation of being established, this was not at the end of his life. In fact, this was in many ways the beginning of who he became. This is David when he's 37 years old. This is right after he was fully established as king over all of Israel, over both sections of Israel. And he was the one unanimous king who united all the tribes at the age of 37. It was from this point forward that he really began to do the things that God called him to do. So being established isn't just the end game. It's through the seasons. It's through the moments. It's through the years. It's through high school, college. It's through the job. It's through, it's through the marriage. It's through every avenue, every area, and every season of our life uh, that, that this being established by God matters. Now, here's the thing, and I, I'm going to try my best not to get ahead of myself. 
in terms of the weeks because I am about to explode with the series. But being established, if you get to a point, even if it's not the end point, even if it's not the end of your life, if it's not you know, on your deathbed or if it's not even standing before Jesus on that, that great and mighty day, for some of us it'll be a great and mighty day. Uh, it, some of us it won't be that swell of a day, just to be honest with you. Um, when we get to that, <laughs> he made a joke about hell. Uh, it's horrible. Um, the reality is, is that, that if to, in order to find yourself, even at the end of a, of a small season of your life being established, there's always a starting point. There's always a starting position to being established. And, and that's really what I want to talk to you about today, the, the, the starting point, the starting position uh, of being established. And you can really go back and you can, you can look at all kinds of different things. And we have all kinds of different ideas. I think when it comes to God, uh, his will for our life, his plan for our life, the different seasons, uh, and there's a lot of different views on it. Um, but unfortunately, none of our views or perspectives or perceptions or opinions really matter at all when it comes to the God of the universe. And God's pretty clear uh, about the starting position of, of, of a life that is ultimately to be established by him. Um, he was 37 when he had this moment, David was. Now, I love David. I love David. David, David is like one of, genuinely one of my heroes. And, and if there was anybody in the Bible besides Jesus, all you religious people, if there was anybody in the Bible, of course, I'm going to be like Jesus. Shut up. But, but if there was anybody in the Bible that I would want to be like, uh, to me, it's David. Now, I think if I had to be honest with myself, who I have most in common with is Simon Peter, the Simon part of Peter, not the save powerful holy spirit change the world peter that little loud mouth little punk want to chop people's ears off stuff like that if i had to be honest with myself i probably have a lot more in common uh with him but i like to think uh that that if i could be anybody chase anybody do do anything like and be like somebody it would be david because david's just he just man he's david uh, i like to think from his description and maybe i've added a little bit here that he's like five nine and a half I'm not 100% sure what ruddy means, but I just like to think it's something like maybe some type of scruffy beard. Maybe just hair spiked up a little bit. Maybe he's got blue eyes. I don't know. I don't know. But that, that, when, I, when I go through and I read, I, I am most drawn to the life of David. And there's a few reasons. One, he's just, he's amazing. I, I just want to, I just want to like, he, he's just, he's a giant killer. He's a king. He, he reigned. Uh, but one of the coolest things about David is you get to see his life from beginning to end. And we really don't get to see that a lot in a lot of people. Well, we, we get to see them at their high, you know, we get to see Elijah, you know, at the, the, the tip top point of his career, you know, as being a prophet and fire breather and all those other cool things he did. And we get to see Moses, there's a huge gaps out of Moses's life. It's just kind of gone. Uh, but we get to see David really from, really from the beginning all the way to the end. And the other thing that makes David so unique uh, is that, that David was a little bit of a, of a rapper. He liked to write just a whole bunch of, of lyrics or a psalmist, whatever. And, and, and he, liked to, he poured his heart and his soul out. Uh, in, in the Psalms. And so in so many different seasons of his life, you know, when, when, when Simon, you know, Peter cuts the guy's ear off, we really don't get to see what was going through his mind that night because he was illiterate, I think. I just feel like that about Simon. 
And, but David, 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 ever, after every major mountain, after every major valley, when he was uh, in the fields with the sheep or he was in the palaces with the people uh, or he was leading the, as a general or a captain or even ultimately as king uh, when he was betrayed or when he had a victory, uh, there's so much of the, the, the before and the after written down, his heart, his emotions uh, written down in the Psalms. And so we get to see not only the, the, the life and the major points and the details of a lot of David's life, most of David's life, we also get to see the psyche, what was actually going on internally. Uh, and it's just a powerful thing. And so we get to see, I think I'm drawn to him the most because we, get to, we can identify more with David because we get to see how he really felt about things. And I think that God did this for a reason. I think that God allowed us, because it didn't happen often uh, in Scripture, God allowed us to see this thing from beginning all the way to the end of David and, and the ups and the downs and the valleys and the falls uh, and, and, and see that. And we're allowed, uh, been given the privilege to look into that, and God can teach us great things. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm so attracted to David uh, in this sense. And so when I look at David's life, I mean, this is like Hollywood. No one will ever make a movie out of this because it's not, it, it's not Hollywood enough. Like, it, you know, there is some giant killing scenes. Uh, but David, David made a lot of mistakes. Uh, David did a lot of things that would be, according to human nature, look very foolish. Uh, David had some great sin in his life uh, at different times. Uh, but ultimately, the story is of David, the shepherd boy, rejected by his father, rejected by his brothers, rejected even by Samuel in one sense early on, uh, who God plucked up out of the field and made king, not just king, but king of one of the greatest uh, nations in the world at the time. And so when you think about this guy being established, there's a part of us, we're attracted to that. And ultimately, whether we know it or not, that's what we want in our life. We want to be established. So what's the starting position? What's the starting point of being established? I mean, we want that to be our story, right? We want wherever we are, we want to eventually be the thing that God wants us to be ultimately. Maybe we don't, but we say we do anyway. You know, ultimately we, we want to do the things. If you really believe that God's created us and designed us and there's a thing he's called us to do, he wants to, we, I, think we, I think we want to want at least. We want to want at least to want it to be who God's called us to be, to be the husband, to be the wife, to be the mother, to be the father, uh, to, be, to be the guy, to be the, the woman, to be who God's called us to be in every area of our life. Ultimately, I think we want that on some level or at least want to want it. So what's the starting position of being established by God? Most of us would go back to that, that day at the fire, right? When, when Samuel showed up, God rejected Saul, and he said, I'm going to raise up a new king and he tells him, go to Jesse uh, and, and get all of his sons before you, make a sacrifice, and there I'll show you who I've chosen, uh, and, and we'll anoint him as king, and he'll be the next king. For most of us, whether we say it like this or not, when it comes to being established by God or, or walking God's path that he has for our life or being who God's called us to be or being the husband or the father, things, whatever, to be established. We look back and we go, it's, it's, it's when God begins to show us the path. It's when God lays out the path. That's what we say in our heart and our mind. I think I even said this growing up or in my early years with Christ. You know, it's like, I'll, I'll do whatever, go wherever. You just got to show me. You know, you just, you just you, as soon as I have the Samuel moment, right, I'll go. As soon as someone tells me you're going to be king, 
then I'll go and be king. If someone, someone tells me, hey, you need to go be a preacher, I'll, I'll do it. Hey, you need to go uh, do this. You need to go start a business. You need to, you need to you know, be a better employee. You need, this is the type of father you need to be. This is the, is, is, if, 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 if God has a plan for me, if God wants to establish me as a husband, if God wants to establish me uh, as a wife, if God wants to establish me as a mother or as a father, God wants to establish me as, a, as an employee, God wants to establish my career, God has some purpose for me like Jordan's always talking about. If God has something for me, then, then I, the starting position for me is whenever he shows up and ha- brings a Samuel into my life and tells me, otherwise I'm just going to do my thing. Now, we don't really say it like that. We don't, we don't really verbalize it like that. Uh, we, actually, we actually run our mouths a whole lot, but our actions and our decisions speak 10 times louder uh, than the junk we spit off on Sunday mornings when we're here. Or the things that we talk about or we say on Facebook or the things that we talk about and say in, in public. The, the reality of it is, is that, that we say things like that, but the, 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 real, the real truth is, and it's not totally our fault because I think this has just become a, 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 we still have to pay for the consequences of it, but I'm just trying to share the blame a little bit. It, we, we ultimately have been kind of raised in this, this, this new Christian tradition in America where, where it's kind of like the, the, the theme of it has kind of been, listen, get saved. Go to church and then do your life however you want to do your life, and God's going to come behind you and bless you, right? Do, do the husband thing. Do the wife thing. Do the parent thing. Do the house thing. Do the American dream thing. Do the career thing. Do the job thing, and, and God, God will bless you, and God will use you, and God will just come, come behind you, and this has kind of been the mindset. And so we, we, we get our jobs, we get our careers, uh, we go the direction we want to go, we get the house, we kind of set goals in our life, uh, we set financial goals, we set all kinds of stuff, and then we start trying to knock them out, although we, we're really, really good at wanting stuff, but not really good at working for stuff. I guess that's a different message for a different day, too, but we, this is kind of how we start our life. And then when, when someone comes along, like some five, nine and a half, blue-eyed, ruddy, punk preacher, and he starts talking about purpose, and he starts talking about God's will, and he starts talking about God has a plan for you, that God, des- God designed you, that God has a, he wants you to be, there's a, he wants, there's a, it's not just, you know, he wants you just to get married, he wants you to be this guy, he wants you to be this woman, he wants you to be this, this type of father, this type of husband, he, that he's got a plan, that he's got a will, and so you're, you're kind of caught in between this thing, and so a lot of times what we say, we don't really say it out loud, but we say it with the way we act, and the way we do, and the way we make decisions, and we're like, okay, if God wants me to do something, if God wants me to change something, if God wants me to be a different husband, be a different wife, be a different father, be a different mother, God wants me to handle my finances differently, God wants me to have a career change, God wants me to be different, God wants me to start a business, God, want, God wants me to do something, then I'm waiting on my Samuel moment, I'm waiting on my burning bush moment, it's in God's hands, it's in God's court, he'll come, he'll show me, and it'll be great, and then I'll do it, then I'll go and I'll go that way, until I have my Samuel moment, until some weird dude with a big fat red cow shows up, and sets it on fire and tells me I'm going to be king, I'm just going to do my thing. But here's the problem with that. The problem is is that that's incredibly unbiblical. The problem with that is that that's not the way that God works. Now, that may be the way American religion works, but that's not the way that God works. And that may be some denominational doctrine entangled within that, but that's not what the Bible says about how God works. And what if I made this statement to you? What if I told you that you will absolutely never, ever, ever, ever have a Samuel moment or a burning bush moment or any type of a revealing moment as long as you're living your life the way that I just described? What if I told you that? What if I said you keep playing the game you're playing? 
keep playing the American, especially the Southern American states of religion. Where you go to church on Sunday, you live your life any way you want to live your life, you pray before meals if someone's watching. I don't do that sometimes in restaurants, and I feel like everybody in the restaurant knows that it's me because I'm always going to struggle with pride, and I'll take a couple bites, and I'm immediate like everybody's judging me right now. Then I put it down. I raise my hands like, dear art thou God. <laughs> Thank you. I don't. I usually just middle finger with my eyes and keep eating. It's not a sin if you don't actually do it. <laughs> That's actually unbiblical. That was a joke. You need to read through Sermon on the Mount. Jesus kind of knocks those things out right there. We just kind of do our thing, do our life, go to church and just expect on some level, God, God will show up, God will bless us, God will do this, God will do this, I'll just live my life. But that's not, that's just not biblical. And in fact, there's not a single moment, there's not a single uh, situation, there's not a single circumstance, there's not a single story, there's, not a, there's nothing from Genesis to Revelation that would back up that reality. Not a single word. Because here's the reality uh, of, of this, is if you're waiting on somebody to come tell you something, and, and God's not involved in it, well, then no one's really going to, because nobody knew David was going to be king. Like when, when Samuel said, hey, I'm, I'm going to raise up one of your sons, one of your sons is going to be the next king. I mean, just, you think not getting invited to a party uh, that all your friends got too hurt? Imagine if they said, hey, there's going to be a king, and your dad gets all your brothers and leaves you out in the field. I mean, that, I mean you talk about years of counseling over that. <laughs> And even Samuel, even Samuel looked at Eliab, his brother, and he looked at the way things look, looked at his height, and he looked at his build, and he looked at who he was, and he said, surely this is going to be the king. Surely this, this, is what he, this is what a king looks like. This is what it looks like to be king. This, this is what it looks like. And see, and this is where I think that a lot of times we, we mess up in our own life because we got a sense of what we think things are supposed to look like and like Samuel did with Eliab, we point and we go, oh, well, he's tall enough and his shoulders are broad enough and he can swing a sword and uh, he's a head and shoulders above everybody else. And the way that it looks, it looks right, but it was all wrong. And I think a lot of times in our life, we do this sometimes. We, we, we look at the things in our life and we look at, well, we go to church every Sunday uh, and uh, we, we pray, unlike Pastor Jordan, before we eat and we we, you know, we put some money in the offering plate and, and we, you know, I, I, I play Christian music sometimes uh, in my car and, and I've, I've, I haven't been divorced yet. And like, uh, I've got, look at my kids and they're going to college and, and, and then you start going through all this stuff and you're like, everything's okay. Everything's good. This is the way it's supposed to look. This is how things, everything's going well. Sometimes I think we think because we've got money in the bank account and, you know, we haven't, you know, got divorced and, and our kids aren't on drugs and, and all this stuff that, that, every, that we, we point toward the, the few things in our life that look like you think it's supposed to look. And we point to those things and go, everything's okay. And I'm where I need to be. And I'm headed down the right path. But the reality of it is, is that God absolutely never looks at the way things look on the outside. 
when he always looks at the heart of the matter. Because the reality of it is that, that little family that I just described, that doesn't really exist, does it? That little where everything's good and everything's perfect and everything. We, we work hard to make it look like that, but that's not, that's not really what it looks like. And so Samuel comes and, and he goes and eventually he goes through all the brothers. And, and then David comes up and, and he says, okay, God says, this is the one. I've chosen this one. And he anoints him king. And for many of us, most of us, the way we live our life, the way we live our life would say that we would believe that something like that is the starting position to being established by God. And I'm here to tell you this morning that that is absolutely 100% not the starting position to being established by God. Having some Samuel moment. Having some burning bush moment. Having some altar moment. Having somebody come tell you who you're going to be. That's absolutely not. See, for David, being established by God started way before this moment. It started way before anybody connected the name David and King. When no one was looking at it, when no one, when no one believed, when, when no one saw him, when it was just, when he was just a normal dude, is when this starting position took place. There's something very revealing about David's life that came from the mouth of God Himself. Now listen, I'm, if if God testifies about you or brags about you, you've done something well. And there was something that God said about David several different times in several different ways. He, he, he said it straight to Samuel and then Paul uh, reiterated it in Acts, I think chapter 13, verse 22. And this is what God said about David. He said, I'm replacing Saul and I'm raising up this, this David, this son of Jesse. And he says this about him. He says, I have found a man. I found David, son of Jesse, a man who is after my heart and will do all of my will. I want you to think about that for a second. I found, the Bible says over and over that God, that God searches for, searches the world over, searches the nations over, searches the culture over, searches, searches and looks for people who are faithful in their heart to him. And he found this type of heart in David. And he said about David, he said, this is a man who is after my heart. This is a man who is chasing me. This is a man who understands life. He gets it. He knows that I'm the creator of the universe. He knows that I created all things, that everything comes from me, that everything is held together through me, and everything is for me. Hashtag Romans 11.36. And he says, he's chasing my heart. He knows that there's nobody, there's nothing to live for more greater than me. He's after my own heart. He's chasing my own heart. And I know because he chases my heart, because he, he goes after me, because he desires me, because he knows that there's nothing else in this life worth living for more than me. I know, I know that this man, this son of Jesse, this David will do all of my will. And it was because of that that Samuel went out there to begin with. There's another... Uh, word another things i think in psalm 78 where it talks about david and this is what what god said it said that he chose david his servant who was out with the sheep tending the sheep and he plucked david the shepherd boy over the sheep out and then he made him shepherd over israel and he made him king 
But there's something that I think we miss in these, these things as David talks about. I mean, God talks about David. There's some key words that we miss. I chose David my... My... I chose David my six foot five, six pack, ripped, curling, bench pressing machine, athletic, rich, born to a great family. It's got a lot of potential, got a lot of connections. I chose David my, I chose, I chose David the straight A, thank God, straight A, Genius sits at the front of the class. Well, everyone hates you. And <laughs> I chose David, the one who, who, who's never, never been divorced. I chose David, who, who is the perfect father. I chose David, who's the perfect mother. I chose David, who, 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 who's never uh, uh, had a child out of wedlock. I, I chose David, uh, who represented uh, all that he needed. I, I chose, what does it say? I chose David my, I chose David my this side. I chose David my, I chose David my, I chose David my servant. Now, I want you, I want you to understand this. And I'm going to say something to you and I want you to listen to me. I want you, I want you to hear me because I'm, hopefully I'll shatter your entire viewpoint of life. That's my goal today. Thanks for coming. I want to tell you something about, about God establishing you. I want to tell you a little something about God's will. Yeah, the big picture purpose, absolutely. Your career and what you do with your life, absolutely. But I want, to, I want to talk about God's will, God's design, God establishing you simply as a husband. Just because you're married does not mean God established you as a husband. Just because you stood before some preacher or some judge and signed something doesn't mean God established you as a wife. Just because you pop kids out doesn't mean that God established you as a father or a mother. Just because you've got some job doesn't mean that God's established you. Just because you're turning money and making money and the business is growing and everything looks good doesn't mean that God's established you. See, I think a lot of times we confuse the way things look with the reality of, of, of God establishing us. And even there's some of us, even there's some of us that you actually already know. You kind of know who you are. You kind of know what God's called. You kind of know what it's supposed to be like. And you think like David knowing at the age of 17 that he was going to be king one day is the same as actually being established as king at the age of 37. And so you think because you had a moment or because you, someone told you or you, you've, maybe you've got to that point or you think you've got to that point that now you, that you're, you're in this place and you're operating. There was a 20-year gap between the time he told he was going to be king to the time he was king and 20 chapters. And a ton of stuff happened in that 20 chapters in that 20 years. And we think in our heart and our mind, uh, we, we, we think that, 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 that looking at our lives and knowing is the same thing as being established. The reality of it is, is you can have kids but not be established by God as a mother or father. You can have a marriage but not be established as a husband and a wife. You, you, can, have, you, can, you can have a job. You can have a career. You can, have a, you can serve. Uh, and you can have a nonprofit. You can, I mean, you could, you could name anything from, from A to Z, from beginning to end. In any sector of life, in any career, in any season, in any hobby, in anything, just because it exists in your life doesn't mean that God's established you at it. You may even be successful in the eyes of the world does not mean that God has established you at it. You could be the most successful person in the history of the world to simply waste their life. 
Just because you're walking in something, just because you have something, just because somebody told you something one day, doesn't mean that God's established you in it. The reality of it is, is that God doesn't establish people who aren't already his servants. Now, I want to make something very clear. I'm not talking about salvation. God will chase you to the ends of the earth because he loves you so much. He'll leave the 99 to go find the one. God's love, his spirit will chase you through this earth. He will spend every waking moment drawing your attention to him. That's what I believe. But I'm talking to those who have put your faith in Jesus Christ. And see, we operate like salvation is the end. Salvation is just the beginning. Uh, it's, it, it's the beginning of, of finding who you are and living the life you've been born to live. And so at this point, I'm not saying God doesn't chase you into the darkness because he does. What I'm saying is that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you think that the scripture that says God works all things out for the good of those who love him means that you can go do anything you want in your life and God's going to make it all good. What if good is you, that life you've built, God destroying it? What if that's what's good for you? See, what, what we really read into that scripture is God will give me everything he wants because I go to church a lot. God will bless me abundantly because I go to church and I wear Christian t-shirts and, and I, I, do, I, I do the God thing. It says that he'll work everything out for the good of those who love him. And sometimes the best thing for our life is not to give you what you want, but to destroy the junk you've built so that you can experience the fullness of what he has for you. And here's the starting position. This is the reality. The starting position begins when you realize that there is nothing in this life worth living for more than Jesus Christ. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says point blank. This is the end all be all scripture. This is where I win the argument. You don't get, you don't get to argue with it. It's God. In view of who God is, in view of his greatness, in view of all he's done, in view of the reality that he created you and that he saved you, in view of that reality, lay down your lives as living sacrifice. Lay down your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your true and proper worship. Don't conform to the pattern of the age of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, it's a huge then, then you will be able to discern or then you will be able to test and approve. Then you will be able to know what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will for your life. See, what, what, you think, what you think the way we live, we live like we think the scripture says, go do anything you want, and God will work it all out. You don't even have a shot at knowing God's will for your life until you get to the place where you're walking and living as a daily living sacrifice before the Lord. He said about David, I, I chose David, my servant. And this is the beauty, and I, I want you to hear me because this, this is the message today. It doesn't matter where your starting position is. For David, it, it was a, a field with some sheep. And he came to this at some point between the time he was born and the age of 17. At some point, he became aware of God and his great and his goodness. At some point, he came to the realization that this God who's created me, 
This God who's given me life, this God who's given me breath, this God who's given me an opportunity to live a time in history, this, this God, this God, this great creator God, he is the one that is the end all be all. He is the greatest thing in the universe and that's who I want to live for. And I want to serve him and I want to do whatever he wants me to do and be whoever he wants me to be. And I, I want to do everything that I do. I'm going to wake up and go to sleep for the glory of God. I want to tend these sheep and protect these sheep for the glory of God. I'll chase the lions and the bears for the glory of God. I will, I will be who God, I will right here, right now. This is my starting point. This is my starting position. I have come to the realization that I, David, know now God, this great creator, and I'm going to spend every waking second doing whatever it is that he wants me to do and knowing him and loving him and serving him. That's the starting point. That's the starting position. And this is the beautiful thing about grace. This is the beautiful thing about the work of Jesus Christ is it does not matter whether you're standing in a field surrounded by sheep or if you're in some drug house or if you're in some corporate job or if you're a stay-at-home mom or if you're working on your third marriage or you're starting to think about the kids you abandoned when they were young. It doesn't matter the past. It doesn't matter the sins in your life. It doesn't matter the addictions you struggle with. It doesn't matter the lies you tell. It, do, it doesn't matter the things that you've built up. It doesn't matter the things you've invested your time in it, up to this point. It doesn't matter the years that you've wasted. None of that matters. This is the beauty of Jesus. This is the beauty of grace. This is the beauty of the God that's with us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are, what type of husband you are, what type of wife you are, what type of mother, what type of father, what type of employee, what type of business owner. It doesn't matter what they doesn't matter at any point in any way. It doesn't matter uh, what culture you come from, what country you're born in. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, red, or yellow. It doesn't matter if you're fat or skinny. It doesn't matter if you're beautiful or not so beautiful. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are any way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter where you come from any way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter the things that you were doing even as soon as six seconds ago. It does not matter. As soon as you get to a place in your heart and your mind when you realize beyond the shadow of a doubt there is no one in this life worth living for more than the name of Jesus Christ and then you turn around and look at the sheep in your life and you start tending those sheep for the glory of God right there in that moment that's your starting point and then God will pick up a Rahab you know who Rahab is prostitute she was a prostitute and now I don't want to ask the two spies of Israel why they were in her house to begin with no one ever sees people got to read the Bible no one ever thinks about this stuff that's what messes me up sometimes. I'm like, ah, why were they? <laughs> but that was her starting point. When she said, know what? I've heard the stories of the God of Israel. I've heard the stories about the greatness that he's done. I've heard the stories about him taking Pharaoh out. I've heard the stories about the Red Sea. I've heard the stories about the way he provides. I've heard the stories, and I know that I'm just a prostitute. And I, and I know, I know that I know who I am. I, I know, but I know that right now from this moment forward, I know that the greatest God of all gods is the God of Israel. I know that it's God, and so I'll be faithful, and I'll risk my own life for these two spies, despite why they were there to begin with or not. Do you know the reality and the beauty of this? Do you know who Rahab is? Not just a prostitute. She's the lineage of Jesus Christ. She's the great, 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 grandmother of Jesus Christ. This is the message to you this morning. It doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter where your starting position is. What matters is that you turn your heart and your mind and as soon as the God of the universe. That's why I think that it says so many different times in so many different ways, I feel God so strong. I think that's why it says so many different times that God, his eyes go to and fro across the earth looking for the. I think that God is just going, I right, where's the Rahab? Where's the little shepherd boy? Where's the little Moses that can't talk? Where's the little Abraham? Where's somebody that'll be faithful to me? And I think his response, always in that moment, from the second you start living your life for the glory of God, doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter where it is, doesn't matter where you start, when you get to that place that becomes your starting position, that is the beginning of God establishing your life. And if you can get to that place maybe this morning, where you've truly come to the place where, listen, God, I know. I know no matter what, no matter what I do, say, become in life, I want to do it all for your name, for your glory. I know there's nothing in this life worth more living than you, Jesus. God of the Bible, God of Israel. I know. In that moment, God will begin to establish your life. And I can promise you, I can promise you, I can promise you, you will never ever regret it. I can promise you. So this morning the challenge is, have you had your starting point yet? Are you at that place? Not that you've been saved, not that you go to church, but are you at that place in your heart where you know no matter what marriage you're on, you're going to start having this marriage for the glory of God. No matter what kid's still in your house, you're going to start raising your kids for the glory of God. No matter what nine to five you have, you're going to start working that for the glory of God. No matter where you are, what you're doing, your life becomes about the glory of God. If you're not there, you need to check your heart. And I challenge you this morning. I believe the Holy Spirit's here, and I believe he'll wake you up. He'll change your life right now if you'll let him. You guys will stay.